From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day, and thank you for waiting patiently for this episode of Locked on Thunder. I'm sorry we got it out a little late to you, but um, stuff going on down at OU, work stuff, live stuff, but hopefully... You'll enjoy what I have today, and uh, we got some really good content. I think that's what it's all about, really good content, and we're kicking it old school because we haven't done one from the home studio in quite some time, so it might be a bit of a bare-bones podcast, but with good content, the bells, the whistles, the the bumpers, and all that stuff, I think we can get around that and forget it for one day as long as we're talking Thunder basketball, and that's exactly what we're going to do. And I will make mention, did not do this yesterday, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about the new Thunder play-by-play guy coming up in segment three. Today's show focuses on three guys who are so crucial to the Thunder having any sort of success this year. And they're three guys not named Billy Donovan, Russell Westbrook, or Paul George. It's Steven Adams, Andre Robertson, and Dennis Schroeder. All these guys must have big years if the Thunder are going to have any chance to succeed. And when I say big years, maybe that's being a little, maybe that's a little hyperbole. I think all three of these guys have to get better in their game and have to play the way that the Thunder want them to play and accept their roles if the Thunder want any chance to win. Steven Adams has got to do some things to get a little bit better in his game. We'll talk about that. Andre Robertson needs to be healthy and Dennis Schroeder's going to have to learn how to play without the basketball. So all this, we'll we'll get to all this today and we'll hear from all three of those guys as they all met with the media at Media Day on Monday. So you get an opportunity to hear that audio. And if you want the audio in its entirety, the best place to go is LockedOnThunder.com because we have all that audio posted and I'll retweet it again at Locked on Thunder. That's the best place to follow for the Locked on Thunder podcast is at Locked on Thunder. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City. And I've covered the Thunder now for five seasons and looking forward to season number six. And I'm very excited about this year. Got really excited last night as I sit down to watch NBA TV and all the coverage of Media Day all around all around the association. There was some very compelling stuff. We're going to talk a little bit more about that on Wednesday because today we're going to be more hyper-focused on the Thunder, but uh, man, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, if you haven't heard what Isaiah Thomas did, you know what? That's I think that's a really good place to start, in fact. So why don't we just jump into segment number one here. Isaiah Thomas, the, the, now granted, this is Isaiah Thomas. This is the guy that, remember, he shut down the CBA. So he already ruined a basketball league. Already ruined the Continental Basketball Association. He ruined the Knicks for a long time. I honestly think the Knicks are still recovering from the Isaiah Thomas era. And Phil Jackson just didn't know how to fix things. But Isaiah Thomas last night during this segment on NBA TV, they they flashed up his picks for the playoffs and he had the Thunder on the outside looking in. Your top four were the Golden State Warriors, the Rockets, the Jazz were in the top four. I think they were at three. The Pelicans were sitting at number five. Maybe I think it was the Blazers were in the top four. And then 
Pelicans at five. I don't even remember who was at six. Oh, it was the Spurs. The Spurs were at six. The Spurs were in there. And then you seven and eight, and he had the Thunder on the outside looking in. Wow. Um, dude, what are you smoking? I, I and with Isaiah Thomas, I think we can we can ask that question legitimately. What are you smoking? What makes you think, first of all, that the T Wolves are gonna be able to get past this schism that's going on in the locker room? And by the recording of this podcast tonight, which is at 8.18 Central Time, they still hadn't traded Jimmy Butler. So you've got that issue there. Tom Thibodeau is still their head coach. That's not changing anytime soon. There are issues with him and the ownership already. Big surprise there. LeBron James is great, but he's got a bunch of guys that he's never played basketball with before. And there's some interesting head cases and a lot of ball-dominant guys that are on the Lakers that you've, you've got to look out for. What? Where do you, you, you know, Russell Westbrook's an MVP, man. You've got Paul George. You've got Steven Adams. There's a developing big three in Oklahoma City. The roster's finally stable. There are decent players around them. Are they the best team in the West? No, but they're damn sure a playoff team. And where Isaiah Thomas came up with this it's almost like he either pulled teams out of a hat or somebody just asked him if he was going to the studio, hey, what are your eight teams in the West? And somehow he just forgot the Thunder and went, oh yeah, I'll just go ahead and say the Thunder on the outside looking in. I'll be my controversial self. But uh, way to go, Isaiah, because I cannot, I cannot wait now for the season. Thunder to go to the playoffs and just completely prove this cat wrong because he's Isaiah Thomas. And I'm still mad at him for ruining the Knicks. And nothing would make my year more than the Thunder making the playoffs and Isaiah having to eat some crow for this. But really, does Isaiah need to eat crow? This just seemed like it was something very random off the top of his head. Not random, not off the top of my head. This has to be a big year for Steven Adams. It just does. He has to become more of the offense. He has to show that he can score... He's already showing that he can score with proficiency. He's already showing that he's a guy that Russell Westbrook can rely on. Billy Donovan likes the communication between him and Dennis Schroeder, which is good because that's his point guard for the first few games. But Steven Adams has to be a guy that the Thunder can go to late. He has to completely dominate the paint as an offensive option. And when Russell Westbrook has any question late about guys who he needs to be passing to, Adams needs to be one of those guys that you can count on to get you an easy bucket late in the game to either extend the lead or get you close and have somebody that the the defense has to account for, which will obviously open up things on the outside. And eventually, at some point, Steven Adams is going to have to become like every other center in the league and be able to step out a little bit farther and shoot the ball and become a threat from outside. But that seems like it's going to be something that'll be later on. I don't expect it to happen this year. Here is Steven Adams from Media Day on an array of topics right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Hey, Steve. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. How's yourself? You good? You know, another day, man. Uh, So, Nerlens was super high on just being able to work on... Okay. Let me (laughs) read Wow. This guy. He was super Coming high on working with you. He was super high on working with you, like super excited to see what you guys can do together this season. When you found out that the organization was bringing Nerlens in, mm-hmm. were there things about his game that you immediately were like, oh, man, this will be really cool. We can sharpen each other, fill some holes, that kind of thing. Um, no, not, not too much of that. Honestly, it was, it was just more like that. 
that we brought him on. It was just familiar face, someone from a draft. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just one. Of, it was one of those weird moments where you're like, it's weird to see where people end up, you know, sort of thing. So like it was just cool to have another familiar face from the draft, honestly. Um, but playing with him, man, yeah. I mean, he's he's a good dude, man. Great character in the in the locker room, and yeah, everything else, man, it'll take care of itself. You know what I mean, just the fact that he's a good lad, you know. Good stuff. Good stuff. Eric Horn, the Oklahoma. Now, Stephen, uh, just from the small amount of time that you sneaky, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm on the front row, I'm not that sneaky. Yeah, that's weird. I, I never looked down there. Go. Okay. Um, <laughs> short amount of time you've had to spend with uh, with Dennis. Um, I don't know if you even had any time with him on the court. Yeah, but with Shroud, Dennis. Yeah, with Dennis. Yeah, Dennis, yeah, yeah. Um, what have you seen from his game, uh, and in terms of the pick and roll? Yeah. Uh, being able to screen for him, and, and how do you see meshing uh, he, his game with Russell's as well, and those guys potentially playing together? Uh, meshing it together? Yeah, those, uh, those how's two, it gonna... their games meshing together when they play together. Yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, Shroud is, I mean, he's a very quick guard. Um, again, another familiar face. I worked out with him in some of my pre-draft workouts, which is cool. Um, but like, yeah, so his his ability just to read the different screens and. Um, well, not just read, but like set up his man, if that makes sense. In order for screening, that's a, it's a big difference that I notice in guards that know how to use pick and rolls and stuff like that. He does. He knows how to use that. And his tempo off that, his pace off that is very, I mean, it's very clean. Again, this is just from summer. Can't really base anything really off that, like too much solid stuff from that, you know, because it's still pick-up basketball, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, he should be fine, mate. He'll be all right. Another weird, well, this isn't weird, but another kind of technical question. On the, I think self-awareness is good. <laughs> the NBA um, implemented some new rules this summer. They, the Board of Governors voted on some new rules, and one of them pertains to the shot clock resetting to 14 after an offensive rebound. Hmm. And I just wanted to ask you, just being such a great offensive rebounder as you are, you know, how, do, how do you think that affects of what you do and what the offense will do when the shot clock resets to 14 as opposed to 24? No, nah, it won't affect it too much, mate, honestly. Like, um, because if... if Unless you're running out the clock, like if you the whole 24 seconds, which I don't think most teams do. Most of the shots there, they're quick kick-out shots because, you know, offensive rebound, most of the defense, they're quite scrambled. So usually you get a quick shot, usually off rebounds, um, offensive rebounds. But then again, like, you know, you have plenty of time to still run your offense if you can get into it fast enough, obviously. You still have time to run that. So, I mean, I don't see it affecting too many things, um, too much. I'm guessing you're meaning like, oh, is it, are people just going to try and go back up with it straight away? Is that what you're kind of asking? Or no? I didn't really have an intention. I just wanted yeah. to just ask because you. Well, yeah, that's 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 pretty much my thoughts on it. But I was just like, it won't affect much. 14 seconds is plenty of time to still kind of get into a, a decent set. Probably max two screens. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're fast, you know what I mean. Yeah, so you'll be fine. Uh, Steven, as kind of a power-type player, how have you adjusted your game over the last couple of years as the center position has become a, a little bit more perimeter-oriented? Um, what have I done to, to what's on your mind? Just how to, how, to, how to keep up with that aspect of things. I mean, the center position, you got guys shooting threes, uh, running oh, yeah. the floor more than they did maybe when you yeah. first started. Yeah. Um, mate, I'm so bit, yeah, I'm a bit stupid. <laughs> how, how have I developed a... Oh, adjusted. Um, yeah, I mean, the the main thing was just, um, you know, just changing foot position and kind of habits coming off the pick and roll defense. 
other than that, mate, you know, it's just all the same stuff. Because that's, that's where um, <clears throat> probably, yeah, probably all of them, really, they get their shots of just pick and rolls, pick and pops, stuff like that. So, you know, I guess it was just, that was the biggest adjustment. I was just treating them mostly like Dirk. Like Dirk, for instance, like you'd, you'd 100% would never take a step back because he'll launch it, right? It's always towards, towards him on the perimeter. Um, yeah, painting quite a picture here for you, mate. But yes, um, that's a, that's the biggest adjustment I made over the last years. Dean Blevins, News 9 Sports. Um, I don't know if you've been around enough of the team enough to have a, a feel or a vibe. What, what is, have you been around them enough, and, and is this vibe different than other teams that you've been on here in Oklahoma City? Um, so just to catch a vibe from them? Well, just the feeling of the team. I mean, a oh. positive feeling or whatever the feeling is. What, what are you sensing, the mood uh, of this bunch? It's, it's a different crew. Yeah, I mean, it's always a different crew. But um, one of the main things is that the, the culture that the organization has built, it's, you know, you have your front runners, obviously Russ, for instance, like leading us. Like, it's, you, you, you come in excited always, you know, whatever the season is, whatever, whoever you have. Because you, you, you can't, you just can't ignore it. Like you can't just be kind of like, uh, whatever. Especially in this organization, because everything's done so well. So, yeah, it's just one of those things, mate. It's always been that vibe yeah. from last year, year before, since my rookie season. It's always been that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're really consistent around here, mate. It's always good. Stephen, you, you kind of hinted at it, uh, but, uh, right, right. Oh, yeah, Sorry, yeah. mate. Yeah, oh, dude, it's all right. Yeah. You don't know me. It's all right. <laughs> uh, so you kind of hinted at it. Are are we? You know, you <clears throat> mentioned that you're kind of working on a three a three point shot. Are, are we going to see you shoot the three ball this season? Shoot a three? Yeah, maybe. No. What? <laughs> no. Right, well, Absolutely not. Man, was, maybe no. Just, right. just maybe preseason. Maybe try it. I don't know. Uh, no, no, I got to see, mate. Because yeah, I don't want to lose my job. Mm. It's tough. Adams also has the potential this year to really... I've said this over and over again, but Adams really has the potential to become a cult figure this year. Right now, Ennis Canner is taking all that spotlight and will continue to take that spotlight because Canner's a fascinating guy. When you sit down and you talk to him, he'll talk about stuff other than basketball. He'll get political. But Adams, while he may not get political, will talk about other stuff too He's a guy that when the Thunder have a chance to get him in front of the national media, they have to do so. And and that falls on Sam Presti and that falls on Matty Ice and everybody else that works in the Thunder front office. But it also falls on ESPN and NBA TV just requesting to talk to this guy more. Because if they do, they'll make it happen. We already know what a treasury is in Oklahoma City. It's now time for the masses to find out just how awesome Steven Adams is and he needs to become that next guy in the NBA that people or kids are just buying his jersey just because he's a cool dude. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, this guy better be playing some big-time defense this year. The Thunder ain't going anywhere. I think you know who we're talking about, but just in case you don't, we'll tell you next. The Locked On Sooners podcast is out now as well, so please subscribe to that on iTunes. In fact, you can subscribe to all the Locked On podcasts on iTunes. You can get them on Spotify, on Google, on Alexa, on Stitcher, and tell your friends about it. Help grow the Locked On podcast. There's some great, great talent out there 
part of this Locked On Podcast Network. The guy hosting the AM is really good. Love the Clippers podcast. Really digging what's going on down in San Antonio and Houston. So if you're an NBA fan, you want to know what's going on in the West, you can get it via the Locked On Podcast Network. And I would like to thank all the people that are listening to the Locked On, po- Locked On Thunder Podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network, but Locked On Thunder who have been fans of other teams who've just glommed on because they like the work we're doing here. So thank you very much. Um, it's a lot of fun. And if you haven't heard, if you just caught us during the offseason, it's been fun. Wait till the season gets started up, and we do, we're doing a lot of late nights. We're doing a lot of post-game podcasts this year because that's going to be great. I, I really honestly believe that we are going to have one of the most fun seasons in Oklahoma City Thunder history this year, that um, these guys just can't help but get better. They're going to prove Isaiah Thomas wrong. He's the only person I've seen say that they can't make it to the playoffs. Why am I so hung up on that? Let's talk about Andre Robertson now. Andre Robertson has to absolutely be healthy this year. The Thunder cannot win without him. Proved it last year. They are going to need his defense, especially against teams like Golden State and Houston. When he steps out to guard guys like Steph Curry, when he steps out to guard guys like James Harden, he just he proved himself an invaluable part of this team. And if there's was any thought of trading him a couple of years ago, or there was any thought of trading him now to maybe add Jimmy Butler, I think Sam Presti is not only tapped the brakes on that, but probably slammed the brakes on that after what happened last season because Sam Presti let us know on several occasions that when Dre went down, the team changed and it didn't change for the better. Plus, he's a good guy in the locker room. He's an easy guy to get along with. And he's a guy that Russell Westbrook, I mean, for lack of a better term, Russell Westbrook can push Andre Robertson around. Andre's going to do what Russ says. But Andre has to get healthy and has to be able to play at that level he was playing at before if we want to see the Thunder advance. And what's really important, and Sam Presti said it, it's not about the regular season. It really is about him being healthy for the postseason. So if it takes Dre a little bit, a little longer to get back, fine. And no, the Thunder aren't going to rush him to get back. But Andre did say that he was, he was misinterpreted or misread when he said that he hoped to be himself by December. Or by Christmas, that's when he hoped to be able to play up to the level. Not that he would be back then. He thinks he'll be back well before then. But he really hoped to be up to the level he's grown to expect by that time. And considering the fact that every night you're going to stick him on that team's best offensive player, so crucial. And and Andre's got to have a year where... I I think Andre Robertson has the potential this year, one, to be first-team all-NBA defensive team. But I also think if he plays his butt off and the Thunder improve, this is a guy, and and I'm dead serious about this because we love the comeback story, could find himself in talks for Defensive Player of the Year. And maybe I'm going out on too much of a limb because I like Andre Robertson that much, but I think if he plays that well and the the Thunder finish in the top three in the West this year, which there's no reason they can't, Isaiah, then Andre Robertson could get that award. So enough of me. Let's hear for him. Here is Dre about the upcoming season. We got a lot of pieces, um, you know, that gives us a lot of versatility uh, and different styles of play, different styles of play the game of basketball. So uh, it's going to be good, you know. Big Steve on the inside, Netherlands, to kind of back him up. 
uh, will play alongside him. Um, you know, a lot of stretch for guys like Pat, you know, Jeremy. So it's going to be good, you know. Uh, kind of a strong team this year, in my opinion. Billy's talked about this uh, in the summer, and so is Sam, but um, the need to play faster, not just in, in speed of play, but speed of thought. What are your thoughts on that philosophy and, and how you all will apply that this season? Uh, I, I actually like it, to be honest. Um, the game basketball is only getting faster. Like I said, it's, the game's changing. It's evolving. Um, smaller bat, Small ball, I guess you could say. Um, less bump and bang as it was back in the day. Um, but, you know, you got to be able to adjust on the fly, and I think that's what they're talking about, um, being able to accept things, accept roles, uh, different plays thrown at you or a different adjustment, you know, uh, to an opposing team or maybe within our team. So um, we got we to gotta be willing to accept that and, you know, uh, be professionals and, you know, adjust on the fly. You uh, said a few weeks ago, Andre, that uh, in San Antonio in a TV interview that you kind of expected maybe December or even maybe Christmas mm -hmm. as the timetable for your return. Uh, are you still consistent with that, or are you hopeful now maybe that it might be a little quicker? Uh, I, I'm not really putting a specific date on anything. Um, I just said around December is, you know, is for me there's a return to basketball and there's a return to performance, um, being back to my elite self on a defensive end um, and me just being clear to play basketball. is two different things. Um, um, and it's going to be a process to kind of get back to where I was. Um, just me being comfortable with my leg again and me getting back into the rhythm of basketball sitting out so long. So um, there's a lot of variables that go into it, and I, that's why I kind of said December in, in my eyes. Um, I'll probably be clear before then for basketball. It's just the transition uh, to me getting back to that elite status again. So um, it's, it's going to be good. I'm enjoying every bit of it. It's challenging, but it's helping me grow. So. Um, I love it. You're enjoying rehab. It's a nightmare, right? It's a nightmare, but I enjoy it. You gotta, you gotta love it. Um, there's ups and downs and everything. Everything we do in life. Well, so. Do you enjoy it now because you can kind of see the finish line, maybe? Those days, days I dreaded it, but you know, I've I've come to peace with myself now that you know I accept what is, and you know everything happens for a reason. Um, and you know you gotta twist it in your favor to make it a positive light. You know, so. Um, that's what I've done along the way um, to help me accept it a little better. So I've definitely enjoyed it. It helped me grow and helped me become a better person and a better man, better basketball player. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Dre, with the year away from basketball, like you said, have you done anything away from the gym or away from the court to kind of keep your morale up or keep your spirits up? Uh, that's, that was probably the biggest battle. Um, just question, a lot of questioning um, myself, but um, you know I've did a lot of did some traveling here and there, um, trying to go to places I've never been before. Uh, I went to Hawaii, never been to Hawaii. I went to Spain, then I went to Alex's wedding. Um, went a quick trip to Mexico, just little trips here and there to kind of like you know relieve myself of you know pressures I put on myself, I guess you could say, and just. You know, the everyday grind of rehab, and it's just kind of a little getaway and a refresher, um, you know, to keep building. So, uh, you know, like you said, it wasn't fun, but I come to a point where, you know, I'm at peace with myself and uh, just grinding it out every day. So, that's good. Back here, um, um, 
Paul George credited you um, and your relationship with him as one of the reasons he came back. Uh, were you, did you reach out to him this summer and recruit him, or what kind of role did you play in that? Uh, I mean, we have an off-the-court relationship, um, and I think he kind of understands how I feel about him as well. Um, and I think he believe, uh, I think he knows that I wanted him back, um, but I necessarily didn't reach out to him or try to recruit him in any way. Um, I think we both know where we stand on that. Like he, he knows I want him here, obviously, but once I did, and you know, vice versa. So, um, you know, he's a great guy, nonetheless. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy and pleased that he stayed, for sure. No, I think every I can say that for every Oklahoman. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Andre. Thank you. And he's another guy that the Thunder need to promote. I mean, sometimes it's just that simple. Sometimes it is a matter of getting your player in front of enough people, having them talk to enough people, and that sways the votes. Now, the NBA does not vote like college football. And and I will always say that the Heisman is a popularity contest. And sometimes I think the MVP can go that way too. When it comes to all defensive player players, the voters scrutinize a lot more in the NBA. Like, I love talking to NBA voters because they want to pick things apart and they want to make sure more than anything they get the right guy and not necessarily the popular guy or the best story. But Andre has a chance to be that right guy this year. It's just a matter of playing smothering defense and it wouldn't hurt if he was able to hit a few threes. And, well, like Sam Presti said, he moved in some. So we can't count on Andre to to shoot threes. We just count on Andre to make some uh, mid-range twos. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, he's the final piece to the puzzle. He's also the biggest X factor that the Thunder have this year. Who are we talking about? Well, you already know if you heard the beginning of the podcast, but just in case you forgot, we'll tell you next. You're listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Locked on Sooners is out now as well. You can subscribe to that at all the same places you can subscribe to Locked on Thunder. You can get it via Alexa, Google, the Apple iTunes Store, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Locked on Podcast Network. It's all available at LockedOnSports.com. And thanks to David Locke for uh, making me a part of this. And again, I'm sorry this is out a little late tonight. But uh, hey, man, we're back five days a week. No cutting any slack here because the Thunder season is, uh, for all intents and purposes, is underway as we're not that far away. Uh, 21 days as of the recording of this podcast is when the the Thunder season gets underway. So preseason games coming up here shortly. Dennis Schroeder. Interesting move for the Thunder to make this year, to say the least. To trade Carmelo Anthony to the Hawks and not just for a salary dump, you get a player in return. And I speculated that maybe you got Dennis Schroeder to spin him because of the contract situation. I still haven't ruled that out, but Dennis Schroeder is another guy who's essential to this team and essential to their success because, one, however long Russ is out, he's got to prove that he can step in for Russ's role and the team not miss a beat, or if they miss a beat, there's not too many, and they can still win games. So developing that chemistry with Steven Adams, extremely important. Being able to find Paul George... If it's Patrick Patterson, when he's open, be a distributor, but also be that guy that goes into the paint, has everything collapse, and then kicks it out. Now, 
add this dimension to your game. When you and Russell Westbrook are on the floor together, then you are no longer the point guard. You're the two. You're going to have to move without the ball. You're going to have to get yourself open and prove that you can play without being a ball-dominant kind of player. Can he do that? Huge question mark. I also wonder about Raymond Felton's role on this team, and I didn't hear Billy Donovan ask about that last night. He may have been asked about it today, but I want to know, what do you have in store for Raymond Felton? Does Raymond have a chance to start? Actually, the answer to that is no. But when Raymond's on the floor, you're going to have him and Dennis on the floor at the same time. And I think Raymond's essential just from the fact that Raymond is a guy that is so veteran and has so much leadership qualities to him that you just, you can't, you you can't have enough of those type of guys in the locker room. And um, again, Selfish Reasons Media, he's always willing to talk. That's great because Raymond Felton is just flat out a professional. But enough of all that. Wow, I've introed all these the same. Here is Dennis Schroeder for Media Day talking about legal issues, talking about his role with the Thunder, everything you always, everything you wanted to know, but maybe were afraid to ask, or at least wanted someone to ask, is right here on the Locked On Thunder podcast. Hey, Dennis, uh, Jacob Man with Thunderheads. Um, you know, obviously, we know you have a great respect for the the Hawks organization and for your time there and your development there. Um, when you're looking forward, and when you look at Oklahoma City, and when you realized uh, that you were coming to the team, were there things about the organization and the team that you thought, man, maybe there's some new opportunities for my game to evolve here. There's some new things that I can do here that maybe I couldn't do before. Um, I think first off, you know, to be in this organization, um, to see every day Russell Westbrook, Paul George, you know, practicing, see what they do off the court and on the court, I think was a big, um, a big thing for me, you know, um, and organization. I met everyone. I met coaching staff. I met front office, all the people, and it's like a big family. So um, I'm excited, you know, to be here um, and be a part of this organization. Oh, is it? Eric Horn, the Oklahoman. Um, Dennis, you mentioned Russell just now, and I mean, I think we've heard that you know, Russell's a guy that you kind of tailored some of your game around. What is it like to play with him, be on the floor with him? We saw you guys have played pickup together this summer. What's that experience been like for you, and how do you think it's going to fit with you two on the court together? I think when we played in L.A., you know, UCLA, uh, it was me, Weimer, um Russell, and Paul George, and it was pretty pretty fast, you know, and um, – was really tough to guard us, and um, that's what really excites me right now, you know, um, to play with us and uh, Paul George, to be out there with them, um, I think uh, it means a lot for me. And, um, you know, with the Hawks, in, in the last couple of seasons you started, but um, the last time you didn't come off the bench, you guys had a really good team. I think it was like a 60-win team, and you were playing against a lot of second units. You know, how do you feel about being a guy who comes off the bench again and is able to play against second units? Um, I never like talked about my situation, how it's going to be. Um, all I know is uh, whatever it takes you know, for the team to win games, I do it. And um, if I'm coming off the bench, if I start, whatever, whatever it is, uh, I'll be ready um, for that challenge um, because I think we got a special group uh, this year. 
and uh, we can um, surprise a lot of teams. Dennis, with the defensive identity of the Thunder, uh, with you know a lot of these great guys that can really lock down, do you feel like you as a defensive player have the freedom to really up your intensity as well and really just fit in with this new defensive identity? Obviously, you've had stretches where you were incredibly defensive. Um, do you feel like this is a great opportunity for you to, to come in and, and, and really buy into that identity? Uh, for sure. Uh, my first four years, you know, that got me my playing time defensively, you know, and uh, my fifth year, uh, the motivation for the defensive end because I had so much to do on the offensive end. Um, so I took a step back on the defensive end. And um, this year, like I said, it's a new chapter and uh, I'm ready. Um, and yeah, like I said, on both ends of the floor, um, I want to be a big part of, you know, um, of the team. Yeah, Dennis, Barry Trammell with the Oklahoma. And Steven mentioned that you guys had uh, done some of your uh, pre-draft workouts together. Um, and then you spent the last four or five years playing against him. Mm -hmm. He seems like a sort of an unpopular player to play against, mm -hmm. uh, but a really popular player to play with. Mm -hmm. What's what's the difference in the two that you can tell? I mean, how how much of a how much of a uh, sort of an enemy is he when he's your opponent, but you're glad you're he's on your team? I remember his screen still. Uh, so uh, he's a good screener, you know, a good roller. I think um, I watched so many games last year, you know, when Russ played pick and roll with him. He catches almost every ball and finishes every ball. And um, I think it's an honor to play uh, with a player like uh, Steven Adams. And I think uh, Russell thinks the same way. And we here at the Locked on Thunder podcast would like to welcome Chris Fisher, the newest member of the Thunder family, to Oklahoma City. He is the new play-by-play -play voice for television. He'll work alongside Michael Cage, and he was the voice of USC basketball. He also did some work on the Pac-12 network, and there's a great story about him on News OK from Jenny Carlson. Very interesting guy who's gone through a lot of stuff to get where he is today. But Chris Fisher, we wish you the best of luck, and I'm sure you're going to fit in great here, and I'm sure you're going to love not only working for Oklahoma City, but finding out what the fans are all about. And, um, hey, I'll be uh, interested to meet the guy when I get that opportunity. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, we will talk more about Raymond Felton's role. We'll talk more about the upcoming season because there's still a lot of pieces we got to get together. But um, also, we'll get to hear from some of the newer guys at Media Day as well. So for the first episode, I guess maybe it's technically the second episode of Late Night with the Thunder. I'm Eric G saying everybody love everybody and of course peace, love, and thunder up.